This podcast is a member of the WrestleJoy Podcasting Network. Visit WrestleJoy.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as interviews, show reviews, articles, and more, as we bring out the joy in the wrestling world today. Whenever you're listening to this, welcome to the internet's most sophisticated wrestling podcast, discussing the weekly aspects of it all, right here on the Bald Monkeys Wrestling Welcome back to the Bald Monkeys Podcast. Here we are with Monkey Talk. Myself, Christopher, is with you. The Captain, Captain Chuckles here. Captain, we're here with another interview. We are. We are. It's we're our excited. fifth edition of the revamped interviews with for Monkey Talk. Monkey Talk. We got a new name and everything, so it's fancy. But let's get to our guest because that's the most important thing of all of our Monkey Talks. This is the Bare Knuckle Berserker. This is Lord Crew. Lord Cruz, thank you for coming and joining us tonight. Thank you guys for having me. I really, really appreciate it. So with all of our interviews, we like to start the same way. We like to find out how everyone started and how everyone started as a little person, a little Lord Crew, a wee lad. What was (laughs) little Lord Crew like? So little Lord Crew is kind of your typical 90s kid. You know, I grew up on Nintendo cartoons like Ninja Turtles, Biker Mice from Mars, you know, all the essentials. Um, I played baseball when I was a kid. Uh, you know, just kind of like, you know, ride my bike, just typical kid stuff, I guess. Awesome. Yeah, man. Now, uh, when did wrestling come into play? Wrestling has always been a part of my life as long as I can remember. Um, my earliest memory of wrestling was just being a little kid in the, uh, in the, in the kitchen. And my mom was like doing dishes and she had like this little tiny TV in the kitchen that she would like throw the news on and stuff. So I was eating breakfast one morning and I was scrolling through and I saw this dude pop up on the screen. He was just like the coolest dude on planet earth. He had these gold chains, this sweet silk shirt, like a little curl on his forehead. And I just thought he was like the coolest dude I'd ever seen in my entire life. He was oozing machismo and I wanted to be just like him someday. So. Oh man, the razor. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. Razor's my dude. So he stands out to you now and you start watching and, and being a fan of wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did he, was he the first one that made you go, man, I could, I could do this someday or was that somebody uh, else? Man, it's, I have a kind of different path than a lot of guys do. It's like a lot of guys did like backyard and stuff like that. Like I never really did that. I didn't actually start training to wrestle until I was in my mid twenties. So like I started a lot later than a lot of guys did, but like I've always loved wrestling from a fan's point of view, but then like I had played music and stuff for years and bands and all that. So like that whole thing, it kind of ran its course and, and I was just like, I'm a very like creative person. I like, you know, doing stuff that's kind of out of the ordinary so my creative outlet was kind of plugged at the time and i was you know i like i said i'd always been a fan of it i'd always loved it and 
one day me and some buddies were sitting around watching a pay-per-view and I'm like, man, I've always wanted to do that. Like, I won't, I don't even know like how to get into it or anything else. So like a guy that I had known since probably middle school, mm-hmm. he, I knew that he was like part of a local fed for years. So I just kind of reached out to him and then he helped kind of put me in the right direction. But I'd say like the wrestler who made me want to be a wrestler would be Taker. Just okay. cause like, I don't know, there's just always been something so cool about that character and how like it kind of evolved with the times and, you know, changed slightly but it always kind of remained the same there's just something about him was just that mystique was always real cool to me yeah mystique aura the words of Mm -hmm. like basically that taker just carried throughout his career that all of us were just enamored with now do you remember what that pay-per-view was the pay-per-view where i said that i wanted to give it a shot i know it was a royal rumble i can't tell you exactly what year or whatever but i know it was definitely a rumble that's, I mean, that's the one. To, to, uh, we we often uh, go on trips every year, and we mm-hmm. try to get together as a group. And the Rumble is the one we always want to go to because I, that's just something. That's there's cool, something man. about the Royal Rumble that it's different than everything else. It, it all goes to that big moment of who's going to win, the right. anticipation yeah. of who the surprises are. That's my favorite part. I always love the callbacks and like the random, you know, like the stuff that you don't prepare for. That always mm-hmm. gets a good pop out of you. Yeah. Oh yeah, I popped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I never uh I've never been to a rumble, but that would be cool. I've been to a mania, but I've never been to a rum, uh, rumble. So. so we've actually done all big four. So we've done Oh, that's pretty sweet. Uh every single one and uh I would still say Rumble is my favorite of all the ones we've been to. Yeah. Mania is always too long. It was now. definitely long, but it was like I somehow just got like it was a weird series of events that led up to it, but I got like a free floor seat at the one two years ago. So when it was like in New Jersey or whatever. Yep. Okay. And like, yeah, I got like a free floor seat and I was like, <clears throat> I was in the same section as like Wale and Billy Corgan and stuff. So like I was in the baller section, didn't pay a dime. So that was pretty sweet. Dang. Yeah. That's awesome. Like we have good stories, but that like just trumps the yeah, exactly. crap out of our stories. <laughs> Apparently like a buddy of mine who I've been friends with and I actually knew him from the music industry, but like, I yeah. guess he had a connection in that life and the guy owed him a favor. So that was the favor and I don't know, it all worked out in my favor. So I can complain. Yeah. yeah can't, for the definitely favor. can't complain about that. Now you, you've, you've been wrestling for five years or so, correct? Correct. Now yeah, I started. Yeah. Yeah. About five or six. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, so our, our research is precise so far. So far. Um, yeah. now where did you begin? Where did you train? Like how, how did, when you, when you decided that you were going to be a wrestler, you know, how did you get into it? I know you said you had talked to a friend. So what, what's that story? Yeah. So I had reached out to my buddy who I knew wrestled and I kind of just asked him when their next show was. And um, he told me about, you know, an upcoming event. So I just kind of took it upon myself to show up. Like I bought a ticket, you know, I sat and watched and, and I was just, I loved it. I loved the atmosphere. I loved, you know, just everything about it. So he came out at intermission and uh, I went and talked to him and uh, told him that, you know, I had an interest in training and he kind of like had a confused look on his face. He's like, dude, you know, I've done this forever. Like, why did you never say anything? because it was just so sort of just like a spur of the moment decision that I had made and then like I stuck around after the show I started you know I helped put up chairs helped tear the ring down and then he introduced me to uh the head trainer there Roger Ruffin um 
he's trained guys like Carl Anderson, um, Abyss, Wildcat Chris Harris. So like, uh, I met him, he invited me to come down to the training center and uh, I signed up that first night that I, I attended the training because like I knew it was what I wanted to do. That's awesome. Now is that with, now I know a lot of the beginning of your career was with NWF. Correct, um, yeah. Uh, was Roger, that with them? Yeah, Roger runs the NWF and he operates a training school under that umbrella. So he was, nice. he was that guy that you know, really gave me my, that first shot. The first and and your first shot, I mean, it was it was a pretty good first shot. You did win a couple of championships there. Yeah, I did. Um, and I still I still wrestle for Roger. You know, when when my schedule allows it. You know, he kind of gets that I'm trying to get out and do more. Mm-hmm. So you know, but he's pretty much told me that whenever I'm free, there's always you know there's always a ring there for me. And uh, he's a great guy. I respect the hell out of him. And um, but yeah, he uh, he pushed me pretty hard right away when I first started. Um, I know, like, my character's kind of come a long way from that uh, from the original thing that he had given me. I was going to um, ask about that. <laughs> yeah, go go ahead and ask away. So, so, so in in doing some research, um, yeah. some of the first things that came up was uh, medieval mayhem. It was more of a a medieval garb kind of yeah. nightly get up like game of thrones yep. type stuff yeah so like i don't know if that was where he got that from because game of thrones was so hot when i very first debuted maybe he was just like you know that would be something cool i wasn't real keen on it originally because it's just not me you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. uh but i was so hungry to just you know debut and get in the ring i would i would have pretty much done anything he asked me to do so yeah I went with it and I tried to make the best of it um it wasn't really my most comfortable role that I had ever taken on but you know like I said I just tried to do what I could with it um I think he kind of started to feel that I wasn't super comfortable with it so he put me in a stable with another guy named uh the mercenary Anthony Bryant and Wildcat Chris Harris was kind of our manager mm-hmm. and uh once I stabled up with those guys I kind of changed my gear up to look a little more like the group and then um I sort of just made it my own from there and that I think was really what allowed me to become more myself and what I had originally envisioned for myself as a wrestler um was that you then, just kind of working on your creativity you mentioned you're kind of a creative person so yeah was- so like I've always kind of had a vision for myself if I was a wrestler and um you know because and I get this a lot from people they you know like I have kind of a different look you know like you know some people say that I I guess I just look like some dude but like but I mean when at least at the NWF like he didn't have anybody else who's like super heavily tattooed you know, like I have this long gnarly beard. He, you know, like that's just, I had something different, but then like, I wasn't able to like show that, like I, my right. gear had long sleeves yep. and like, but I, I don't know. It just didn't allow, it didn't feel like me. But then once I got with uh, our stable was called the Crimson Mafia. So once I got with those dudes, I really felt like I could start being me. Like, you know, I could talk more and get a little more of my attitude involved in it. So that felt, right you know so 
and that's kind of brought me to where I am now. Was it awkward wrestling in that more medieval gear? Because like watching Jeez. some of those those <laughs> matches, like I'm just like, man, that just looks so either uncomfortable or just weird to wrestle in. Um, really. The guy who did it, like the guy who made that gear, did a really damn good job as far as like making it, it able cool. to move in and stuff. Like, I mean, he did a damn good job because he's actually a uh, he's a costume designer for like um, it's called Playhouse in the Park. It's like a thing in Cincinnati where they, you know they just do like different plays and stuff like that. But I guess he's used to making stuff that people have to be able to move around in. So I mean, I didn't feel like. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I didn't feel like cluttered in it or anything, but it was just so damn hot and like, oh yeah, just awful. Yeah. Like, cause that thing that I wore, I mean, it has some weight to it, cause it was like legit leather and stuff. So, <sighs> like, I mean, it was hot, heavy. I just, I, I was super stoked to just, I paid a lot of money for it, but I was super stoked to not ever have to wear it again. <laughs> I bet. So like, I'll bust it out every now and then if I like go to a Renaissance fair or something, but like. That's yeah. about the only purpose it serves these days. That's cool. Now you transition from the medieval character. You're in with Crimson. How did the nickname, uh, the Bare Knuckle Berserker, which is an awesome nickname, not just for alliteration purposes, but just <laughs> in and of itself is an awesome nickname. How did that come about? Yeah, so as the character was starting to evolve, like I wanted to, again, like continue the evolution. So my offense has always been really strike heavy. Um, a lot of my stuff is, you know, a lot of punches, a lot of forearms, uh, just a very fighty style. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the bare knuckle part came. Um, and a berserker is a bit of a callback to the original medieval thing. Cause I had a lot mm -hmm. of Viking influence in my gear. So in Nork, uh, or I'm sorry, Norse mythology, um, a berserker is a warrior who fought in like a trance-like state and, um, you know, just like violent, unpredictable and out of control. So I thought that was kind of fitting to my style. And like you said, alliteration's always sick. So it just, I thought it sounded good. Um, so I just kind of rolled with it. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, and, and I do... I, I really liked the, I don't know if it was on the medieval one, but it was kind of, it had a wolf behind like the logo it looked like when I was yeah, looking like, at it. Yeah. So um, that was when I, I had a really bad knee injury a few years back. Like I ruptured my patella tendon in my left knee. So I was out for about six months and um, before, before the injury, my, my gear was like fine, but it was a little like plain. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I came back, like I had worked my ass off in the gym, like I had put on some muscle. Uh, I wanted to come back like looking different. So I did like all new gear. I had a guy, um, I had a guy make that, that wolf head design that I had for a while. And that was like on the back of a denim vest. So that was after I had already kind of started the evolution of the character. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so like, it's weird. I, I feel like my gear and my merch always kind of go in line because I try to like, I know this sounds dumb, but like, I always try to give the fans and my merch something that looks like what I wear in the ring. So it almost feels like they're a part of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. But it, it does. You're yeah. creating yeah. that brand. You're creating yeah. your brand, you know, that's you. So, 
yeah, like my most recent run of shirts was like my my vest patches were just bat printed onto a t-shirt. So it's like the thing I wear to the ring, like the fans can have that. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. growing up as a kid, what'd you do? You dressed up and pretended to be these wrestlers, right? I mean, right. some of the kids were out there ripping their shirts all open because they were Hulk Hogan or, you know, they were throwing the Undertaker, you know, garb on or finding a hat that was something like the Undertaker. Yeah, for sure. Shirts, you know, mm-hmm. grabbing yeah. those gold chains and being Razor Ramon. <laughs> I was never that cool, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> you won a couple of championships in NWF. Um, how You are also a grand slam champion the first grand slam champion for ptw correct yeah that's a primetime wrestling in paris kentucky um if you're familiar with uh larry d from impact wrestling that's Mm -hmm. his promotion Mm -hmm. uh larry d is a really good friend of mine he's been uh one of my big mentors um, got a couple of matches against him i think too right yeah we've had several um We've had matches all over the place. He was actually uh, in the in the match that I blew my knee out. It was like a Royal Rumble type match, and Larry and Larry and I. No, it was a, it was a full blown oh. Rumble. Oh, yeah, battle. So, okay. Yeah, so Larry and I were one and two, and my knee got hurt when the third guy came out. Oh. So it was like, yeah, but I mean, we've had matches in NWF, PTW, IWA, Rockstar. I mean, me and Larry have had you know quite a few all over the place. So. Um, but yeah, at PTW, um, I was their first ever uh, Grand Slam champion. I held their heavyweight, their elite, and their tag titles. So um, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, it's a good feeling to know that a place puts that kind of trust in you. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty sweet. Now we're 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 unfortunately still in the middle of the world being a little weird. However, you very you, weird. Yeah, yeah. You did you did get a chance to get back into the ring not too long ago, uh middle of July. Uh you were in a ladder match. Yeah. Now yeah. there was there was quite a cringe worthy spot <laughs> in that match. Um talk about like how was it getting back in? Did you feel any any rust getting into the ring and you know what was the match like and then Talk a little bit about, you know, the thing, what the, the thing, what happened there with the, with, with the ladder for, for a little bit. So like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that, like, I didn't feel a little bit of rust. Cause I mean, like I said, I, that was my first time in a ring in three months because I mean, can't even really train right now with the way that things are. Um, I didn't even know that I was doing that show until about three days beforehand. So like, Ouch. Uh, yeah. So, um, it's quick, I quick was, get ready into shape almost Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, <laughs> I was like, I felt really, really stoked to like have them throw me on. Cause you know, I was missing it a lot and I was ready to get back in. Um, a lot of really talented guys in that match. Uh, you know, BP four, if you're familiar with him, Bradley Prescott, the, uh, natural light heavyweight, He's, a, he's really good at what he does. I always enjoy getting to share a ring with him. Uh, Chase Holiday, uh, he was in the match. Uh, yeah, so I def- like I said, I definitely felt a little rusty, but um, I think it all worked out um, right up there until the end. I, uh, 
I was going up for the title. Uh, I got pulled off the ladder, and I took a lariat from Chase Holiday. I, uh, I backflipped out of the lariat. My head went between two of the rungs on the ladder. I did a very proper scorpion. Um, I'm pretty sure my heels hit the middle of my back. Um, honestly, it looked a lot worse than it was. Um, That's I felt good. fine. I, I felt fine. I know, like, there was – there was a couple, like, all the referees, like, immediately slid in and checked on me. I'm like, yo, I'm cool, bro. Like, but it, it definitely, watching it back, it looked pretty gnarly. Um, Make, makes for a great social media, you know, message. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For Image. sure, yeah. Because <laughs> I know, like, <laughs> you know it's bad, though, when, like, when the guys in the back are waiting behind the curtain and they're like, yo, dude, are you good? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, I know like, again, Larry D is one of my really good friends and he was on that show and he was one of the ones right behind the curtain. And he's like, brother, like, are you good? Yeah, it, it was, uh, definitely looked real bad, but yeah, I'm fine. I, I think I had to go back and watch it a bunch of, a bunch of different times yeah, just to see, I, I was like, Oh, like where, where did the head and the neck land on that bottom rung of the ladder and everything? So I I think my forehead like kind of caught the one rung but like it just barely grazed it and so mm-hmm. that put my head between the two which actually like took all and any and all stress off of my neck mm-hmm. so like once that once my head went through though that's where my heels went over mm-hmm. and you know i'm sure if ridiculousness got a hold of that they'd probably give you a scorpion spot <laughs> exactly <laughs> coming up I know that you've been announced for at least one show, and I know that's Unsanctioned Pro. Um, that's yes. going to be in sept- the end of September. Uh, do you have anything else coming up do you, that you can talk about? And uh, do you know what you'll be doing at Unsanctioned Pro? I knew, I think I have a pretty good idea of what I'm doing at the Unsanctioned Pro show, but it hasn't been announced yet. So I'll kind of let them announce it under their own mm-hmm. accord. But um, – I can say that I definitely will be there. I'm really excited about what I think is going to happen. So um, nice. I would expect that to be announced in the next few days. So if anybody watches this and cares to find out, just watch my social media. I'm sure that'll be dropping in the next few days. But uh, yeah, if you're unfamiliar with Unsanctioned Pro, um, they're doing some really cool stuff out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, He's been running for a little over a year now. Um, I came in at unsanctioned four and he's up to number nine now. So uh, I, I've had a lot of fun there. He's given me a lot of really fun matches. I think uh, they have something real special with that crowd that they draw. It's super fun, super passionate crowd. They're into everything. And it's just, if every show ever was like that, I think wrestling would be a way better place. Oh, yeah. We yeah, talk yeah. about it all the time how much a crowd makes a show, whether it be on For TV, sure. whether it be in person. It's a tough time right now not having a crowd, and, mm. and we're noticing it because it's, it's, yeah. it's just different. There's something missing, and it's the crowd. It's, it's that interaction. It's, it's the cheering. It's the, the roars, sure. the boos, whatever it could be. So I mean, like, it would be like a stand-up comedian telling jokes and no one laughing. You know what I mean? It's that's like, like a, that's that kind of just – That's perfect. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine how awkward it would be for a stand-up comedian to, like, drop a punchline and just crickets? But, like, <laughs> there's people laughing at home, yeah. but you just can't hear it. And you're just, like, hoping that they care. They're, but there's really no way to gauge from uh, the room how funny the joke was mm-hmm. or, you know, 
Just laughing at himself. Yeah, man. Like I said, fortunately for me, I haven't. I mean, I I don't know. I guess it depends on how you look at it. Because right now, I would just love to be wrestling, but I don't know how I would handle wrestling. I mean, it would just feel like a training match, and I just think it would be like really weird to like have the same mentality as if there's you know that live crowd and that Mm -hmm. because you know you can't really feed off that energy and stuff. So it would definitely be a. It would be strange, but I mean. You know, we got, you know, kind of just got to play the hand we're dealt at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Now through that, you know, we're, we're going through this weird time and you're going through your career and, you, and you've hit this patch of, okay, what do I do now? What's next? How do you, how do you stay motivated to, to keep pushing forward? And, and what do you do to motivate yourself? So like motivation for me is it's pretty easy. And I, and I know it probably isn't for a lot of people. But the things that keep me motivated are just the fact that, like, I don't really, I haven't really given myself a backup plan. Like, for me, it's like either succeed or just like go work some shit job I'm going to hate forever. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, uh, I'm always been one of those people who just put more value in doing things that make me happy and, like, stuff that I'm actually passionate about than like putting a lot of stock in some career that I just don't give a shit about that. I, you know, there's nothing worse to me than clocking out and just dreading every second that you're there and like watching, you know, just like staring at your watch, like in 10 minutes have gone by and it feels like four hours. Like that to me is just, that is the worst kind of hell. And like, I just want something more for myself than that. And like, I want to prove, you know, like everybody who has been a part of my life along the way, who's ever doubted me or like said that I can't do it or that it won't happen. Like, I just want to be able to look him in the eyes and just give him that smirk and a little, (laughs) (laughs) but like, and, uh, and I mean, I have personally, I've made a lot of sacrifices for, for this. And I would just like to know that they weren't made in vain. You know, like I would like to just see, you know, see some payoff and, the only way to ever see payoff is just keep busting your ass and, you know, keep working toward that. And like, uh, I don't mean to get super sentimental here, but like a thing that like, I lost my dad when I was a kid, uh, he passed away and, um, wrestling was always a thing that we bonded over. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so like it, it breaks my heart that he never got to see me do this, but like, I just feel like wherever he is that like, you know, I just want him to be proud and I want to like, I want to be successful with this and like make him proud in some way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's it, another thing that kind of keeps me motivated. It's tough. And then, then we've heard a few people that have that catalyst in their life, you know, mm-hmm. that, that moment of, you know, it sucks that I got to go through this, but it's, it's that moment that kind of pushed me or, or motivates me to push mm-hmm. myself that much further. Yeah. And like, and I don't want, I, I didn't say that as like a, I don't want pity or anything, but I mean, given the hand that I was dealt, I think I've had a pretty good outcome, but like, like I said, my dad meant a lot to me and uh, I, nothing would make me happier than to know that he's proud. So mm-hmm. that's, that's where that comes Which from. Which I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's very proud. I think, I yeah. think so. So yeah. Knowing the dude he was, I'd say so. <laughs> you mentioned a lot of different towns and cities as we're going through different promotions that you worked with mm-hmm. we always like to talk about you know stories from the road you know what what kind of fun stories do you have traveling around running these different circuits so probably the funniest story that i have and actually watching the shane mercer episode of your 
show made me kind of jog my memory because mine also involves a bathroom. Oh, so like, love it. Okay. So I, it was me, a guy named Crash Jackson, who is another Midwest guy. And for those of you who don't know who he is, look him up. And uh, Impact's Ace Austin. We were doing a couple dates out in like Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. So we were on just some random highway going through Pennsylvania. And I had had some coffee. I had this shit. So I hit this. <laughs> I hit this rest stop off the side of the highway. You know, I'm sitting in there. I'm doing my business. And I just, you know, you know, sitting there and I just hear like some, somebody just comes running through this bathroom, right? All of a sudden, and you know, I'm kind of sitting leaning forward. This fucking door comes busting wide open, almost hits me in the face. I'm like, oh, shit. And like, there's this like eight-year-old kid staring me in the eyes. <laughs> And I'm like sitting there, pants around my ankles. And like I said, this oh. kid just looks at me like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shut the fucking door, kid. Just don't sit there and stare. And like, so then like you hear his little flip-flops go running out of the bathroom. And like, oh my. I don't know like where that kid's parents were or where that kid went after that because I didn't see him again. But like just the horror in this child's face. And just that super awkward stare down for about five seconds. And I'm just like, kid, go. Like, come to my Occupado. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and it was just, and I, I mean, I even had the door locked, but this kid had to have like karate kicked or something. In. Dude, he, I mean, he, it, that thing came flying open and it could have knocked me out if it would have hit me. And like, what, was there I mean, only was like just, one stall in no, there? No, that's that... the thing. It's like, I'm, that's even you know, better. Because I, I observed after this interaction I, I didn't see feet on either side of me so he could have literally went to any of the other ones <laughs> but instead like oh so that's Lord. that's probably one of my funniest stories from the room um and i know i mentioned mercer i've uh, i've hit the road with him quite a bit that dude's a trip like just we have a very similar sense of humor that probably a lot of other people wouldn't find as funny as we do so like he's he's a blast you know so anytime I get to hit the road with that dude, it's always fun. It's good to have a good road buddy that gets mm -hmm. you and you can get along with. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Makes the rides a lot less painful. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you're not wrestling, uh, you know, we, we'd like to find out what else are you doing? What kind of hobbies you have? I see you got the Harley Davidson hat on. Yeah, uh, what, what are you into? What do you, what do you keep busy with if you can't get into a ring? Uh, I hang out with my dog a lot. I know you guys saw him before we hit record. Mm -hmm. um, that's my dude. Uh, so I try to, well, especially when the world's busy and I'm wrestling and working, like, you know, I like to try to keep some time to pay attention to him because I know he misses me when I'm gone and all that. I like, uh, like I said, I take the bike out, cruise around, play video games, you know, the big nerd in that aspect. So. What's the video game of choice? Oh, God. Right I play, so... Pre-COVID, I played a lot of Overwatch. Okay. Man, I'm going to get real nerdy here for a second. But so so once COVID hit, I got back into, like, World of Warcraft. Okay. So I started playing WoW Classic. So, like, a bunch of my buddies play. So it was just something that I knew would kill a lot of time. And No, it's yeah, good. So, so that's where we're, kill a lot of time. So that's, where, we're all that's where my life's at. So that's we're where my life's at at nerds. this point. Everybody's a nerd in some way. It just depends For on sure. what you're nerding out yeah. on. We're, I mean, 
wrestling. I mean, that's a nerd. Yeah, that's a nerd. Yeah, that's a nerdy yeah. thing all in itself. Yeah, but don't call I, me a nerd. I can see the. No, uh, <laughs> I I have one of the Harley uh, places pretty much right in my backyard here in Pennsylvania. So I go out on my oh, deck yeah. and I can I can see their plant right right over the way. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I've been shit. I've had a motorcycle probably. I've been riding for like 10 years or better. I got my first one when I was like 20. So yeah, it's been a, that's been a pretty constant part of my life for a while. So I actually worked at a Harley dealership for a while. Yeah. That's, that was a fun story. <laughs> I got, well, I'm just saying I got, I got, <laughs> I got, I just got fired over some shit that I didn't do. Like my uh, roommates, okay. my roommates did something real dumb at the time. Uh, and like, it was kind of a guilty by association type thing. Yeah. Did you dude, like that job? Oh, dude, it was a blast. I got paid to ride motorcycles. What's not the love? That's awesome. No, yeah. So. But the, the guy I worked for was kind of a douche, you know, so <laughs> it's, you know, there's always that you, you got to take the good with are. the bad, I guess. Yeah. You know who you are, guy who's a douche, because we know you're listening to the right, podcast when this comes on. You can have exactly. this guy working for you. That dude's probably like playing golf or like <laughs> doing something not cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. much, probably not not as cool as being here talking to the two Absolutely, of us. Absolutely, right? <laughs> you guys are pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, you guys are right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I know where your favorite podcast to talk to, but. You got other favorites. Everybody's got them. Everybody um, has them, you know. Going through and looking at some of your past social media posts, I saw some pretty cool music pop up there. So what's, what's some of the favorite music that you like to listen to? Like, and it could be like if you're working out, when you're traveling, when you're just chilling. Like, what, what's on your playlist? Bro, my musical taste is so all over the place, it's ridiculous. But, like, predominantly, I'm a metalhead. You know, I listen to a lot of, like, I listen to my, – my walkout song is Stranded by Gojira. Mm-hmm. Um, I Love listen it. to a lot of Slayer. Uh, Behemoth is one of my big ones. Pretty into Ghost. Um, I like a lot of, like – well, Judas Priest is my favorite band of all time. I'm into, like – you know, Sabbath, Iron Maiden, like a lot of the older stuff. Um, but I really dig classic rock. Uh, I'm a big fan of like older hip hop. Okay. I like old outlaw country. Like I said, I'm all over the place. But. I was just going to ask, what's, what's, the, what's the musical guilty pleasure that someone just kind of looking at you wouldn't be like, now there's no way that he would listen to that. Taylor Swift. Okay. I have a ten-year-old niece, bro. She loves it. So, like, hey, I, 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 I'm the same way. I'm not with Taylor Swift. I hate her. I can't deal with her. I, just, I just can't do it. But you're just trust doing me, yourself a disservice. Or, or, or making my ears not bleed. But, I, but hey, I trust me. I. So, I, what's yours? My guilty pleasure. Oh yeah, man, let's hear it. Dump it on me. It would be NSYNC. I'm more of a Backstreet Boys guy. So, <laughs> 98 yep. degrees. <laughs> hey, we got them all. We well, he's, he's entitled to his wrong opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would definitely be NSYNC. I'd, it's yeah. just that's, fun I stuff mean, to fine. listen to. Yeah. yeah. Um, you travel around a lot. What's your favorite city to wrestle in? Um, 
my favorite city to wrestle in. Like I said, that that unsanctioned crowd in Columbus, Ohio is just another level. So I always like going there. Um, I've had I've done a couple shows out in Jersey. Like Jersey's pretty cool. Um, I was supposed to go back to Jersey in May, but all that got kind of kiboshed due to COVID. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'll uh, get to hit that place back up eventually. Synergy out in Jersey, shout out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I just like I'm just a big fan of going places and seeing new things and like. I appreciate the time that I get to actually smell the roses and like see some stuff. There's a lot of times where we'll go to shows and like, it's just straight to the venue and then straight home. I dig more of the being able to like hang out, check some stuff out, try some of the local food. I'm a big food fan. So I like trying a little hole in the wall spots that I can't get everywhere else. And you you you're like best friends with the guy over here. He loves he loves those hole in the hole in the wall food yeah, spots. Oh yeah. If you if it doesn't look like you should go in, I'm going in. <laughs> I'm there, dude. Yeah. So like uh, I know uh another one of the dudes who I love hanging out with more than anything. I wish I could see him more is and this is actually how we connected is Zicky Dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my dude. Uh we met each other at the uh, New Japan LA dojo when we did a tryout for them. And we just became like instant friends. And uh, he's another one who, when we hang out, like I love going and exploring stuff with that dude and like, you know, eating different cool places because he's, he's like that too. Uh, he seems like a lot likes, of fun. Like smelling the roses. Yeah. I'm actually going to his bachelor party at the end of the month. So that should, that should be a blast. I'm Cri- flying. Chris, is like, Chris has been trying to win, trying <laughs> yeah, to win a spot to win into that it. Spot. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So we're, uh, yeah, we're going out to like Lake Tahoe. Oh, very cool. So that'll nice be pretty area. cool. Yeah. I'm a little, like, I'm a little weirded out about going just like, I don't really want to fly right now, mm. you know, but like the Zicky's my dude. I don't want, you know, I wouldn't miss it for the world. So it's so awesome getting out there and, and yeah. discovering things. And that's almost a, an adventure in itself, you know, the adventure of, yeah. of what you guys do as a profession is one thing, but then to have like this secondary thing where it's like, because I'm doing this now I get to go explore and find these different things out that I probably right. would have never ran into if I wasn't sure. doing this job. Yeah, most definitely. Like if, if it wasn't for wrestling, I'd have no idea who that dude was. And um, like, and that's another super cool thing about wrestling is a lot of the people you meet along the way, uh, I know we found out here recently that there are, you know, some bad people in wrestling, but for every bad person, there's 10 good ones. And I'm very fortunate to have got to meet a lot of the people that I have and uh, some of the friendships that I've made in wrestling, you know, far transcend wrestling. And I, you know, I'm very fortunate to have met some of these people. So that's, that, that's, that's the good part of all this is absolutely to, to yeah. meet the, to meet those people that, you work with but you can connect on like a friendship level and it's not just a in-ring kind of thing and i'll see you next time right now no yeah i know that there's like a couple dudes who i could call and with anything in the world and they'd be there in a heartbeat and like that's that's cool to me because i i appreciate real people like you know who who actually back when they say that you're your friend or that mm. they're there for you and you know they just 
a lot of people in wrestling. And like I said, for every one bad, there's probably 10 good. But, you know, there are a lot of people who will just kind of be your friend and, you know, because they want something out of you or, you know, they have some ulterior motives. But I really respect the dudes who are there because they're just genuinely good people and, you know, actually look out for, for their peers and whatnot. So Yeah. Dude. We found a lot of those people, I think, on our little journey here as as podcast yeah. people, because mm-hmm. I, I've I've been amazed about the great people we've been able to talk to and what they've gone through, and then just how they're genuine people that we stay in contact with after the fact too. So yeah, yeah for sure. We'll get back to we'll get back to the favorites in a second. But if you don't know what we were talking about, make sure you hit up Twitch TV. You can check out Zicky's stream there. That's how we met Lord Crew. That's how we met some of our other people. Zicky's a cool dude. It's a lot of fun. He has a lot of fun. Did you have fun on his on his Twitch? I did. You were dancing. I didn't. I wasn't really <laughs> sure what the hell I was getting myself into, but I figured, you know, with him, it was going to be uh, outlandish. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so make sure you guys check that out too. Uh, favorite opponent that you have faced thus far in the ring? Um, I would say the the favorite opponent that I have is because of something we did. Um, there's a guy out of Detroit, Michigan named Austin Mannix. And him and I at Rockstar Pro, uh, we did a best of seven series. And the way that kind of all happened was um, Rockstar runs every Wednesday night and then they do an iPay-per-view the first Friday of every month. So we had just got kind of randomly thrown together on a Wednesday night and just, you know, kind of just like a match to fill the card or whatever. And we went out and just crushed it. Like we had a super good match and um, the the guy who books the shows there was so impressed with the match that like, I was on my way to the back and he stopped me and told me to hang on a second. He got in the ring and was like, man, I love that. I want to see more of that. Like I'm putting these guys back on Friday at the iPay-Per-View. So we went out, crushed it again. And that was where he shot the best of seven. And um, every match that we did in that best of seven had a different stipulation. So like one match uh, was win by knockout. One match was, uh, two strikes and you're out. So like you were only allowed to throw two strikes. If you threw a third, you were disqualified and we're both very strike heavy in our offense. So Mm. it kind of made us think outside the box a little bit and like kind of step outside of our comfort zone. But then as the matches progressed, they got more and more violent. There were street fights, dog collar matches, balls count anywhere. It's like, I mean, we, we, I think we both really elevated each other during that best of seven. And I think it kind of like, it made us really good friends in the process. And like, I would vouch for that dude to the end of the earth. And um, like I said, I, I, I look back at those matches and I really feel like it helped with my confidence and it helped uh, kind of show like what I'm capable of when I have the opportunity to kind of do some of these other styles of matches and stuff. So I would say he's probably one of my favorite opponents. And then uh, Aaron Williams would be another, if you're not familiar with him. Okay. Uh, Aaron's one of those guys who I feel like it, it, he's one of those people that doesn't make sense to me how he isn't signed somewhere. 
because he's so good. I don't think I've ever seen him have a bad match. Like he's uh he's kind of notorious for he'll have a match with somebody, they'll send it off and then get a tryout because oh. and he's so he's like so he's always the guy who, that's his running joke with himself. He's like, Well, I'm glad I can get everybody else tryouts. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I mean he's just so good and um I really feel like he brings out the best in everyone he wrestles, myself included. So if you're not familiar with Aaron Williams, check him out. Go look up some of his matches. Uh, the dude's just next level with how good he is, and I really think that it's unfortunate that somebody on a larger platform hasn't picked up on him. Yeah. So. To, to piggyback off of the best of seven series and to throw in another question, sure. <clears throat> looking at uh, some, of your, some of the matches that you've had, it seems like you've, you've been in a, a number of different, like, rumble-type things, uh, you know, just with m- multiple wrestlers in the ring at one time. What's your favorite type of match to have? Honestly, I've kind of grown – I've grown fond of more, like, street fight-type matches or uh... – you know, like the Falls Count Anywheres or, you know, I like, I like more that ECW style. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fan of the like more ultra violent stuff. Like, I don't know how I feel about like a death match, but like, <laughs> but I definitely like the more, the more violent side of things. And like, you know, when weapons can get involved and stuff like that, I don't know. It's just fun to me. Yeah. You, you had a, pr- <laughs> I saw a pretty sweet one that was you climbed up a foe, like rock climbing wall oh yeah, yeah and then dove off it and like i think it was a false count anywhere match yeah it was, was, like, that, Holy was uh, shit. <laughs> that was actually against a guy named casanova valentine um he's the guy who kind of came up with the concept of the like no ring death match mm-hmm. um and i know like vice land did a big documentary on him and stuff and he's a, a great dude and he's so good at what he does and um that was a match that i wanted really bad and mm-hmm. um the guy from unsanctioned listened when i said that and you know he gave it and kind of let me because he saw that best of seven series and he saw some of those matches that i was doing where that that level of violence was kind of getting ramped up and some of the more weapon stuff was being involved so he he saw that i was sort of dabbling in that Mm-hmm. And he kind of wanted to give me that platform. And um, I really enjoyed that match. Like I said, that that clip of the rock wall was pretty sweet. It was. You've been in a, a couple of tag teams, and, and I don't want to cause any heat between any of your previous yeah. – to uh, with any of your previous tag partners. But who's been your favorite – your most favorite tag partner that you've had? Uh, so going back to what I said earlier about being in that, that Crimson Mafia stable mm-hmm. – um, mercenary anthony bryant and i were uh we were the longest reigning tag champions in the history of the northern wrestling federation so as far as just like long term and just like that history i would have to go with him on that but um i've tagged with a guy from detroit named Karam quite a Mm bit and uh that dude he's uh, he's probably only like 22, 23 years old, but he's insanely jacked, like super good looking dude. And like, 
I know that dude's going to get signed somewhere. It's just a matter of time. Like, that, that kid's got money written all over him. So, you know, I and again, I go back to talking about, you know, people who I'm friends with outside of wrestling. Karim's another one of those. Like, he's – him and I have gotten really close, and um, he's a really good dude. And I love seeing him come up and start getting some of the opportunities that he's getting. So. Nice. Final of the favorites before we get to our the big one, our, our yeah. big question, the, the big one, which, okay. the big, yeah. the big question. Uh, yeah. Who is the dream match against? Uh, it's so I have a couple. There's, there's one that's a little more unrealistic at this point. Um, I want a match of Pentagon so bad. Like I, that, that would, that's like my big one. That's my big one. But I know that's a little more unrealistic at this point, you know, but uh, some other guys that are like on the independent level who I'd really like to have matches with. Um, I mean, I want to, I want to go toe to toe with all the brawlers. Like give me Gary J, give me Chris Dickinson, give me Matt justice, Mance Warner. Like I want the guys who are the brawlers. So, um, those are all dudes who I want to eventually get a shot with. I want to. I want to have a match with Mercer. He's a really good friend of mine, but we've never wrestled. So, like, that's another one. I want to wrestle Effie real bad. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind getting old uh, Zicky Dyson a one-on-one. We've uh, we've had a we've had a run-in and a rumble somewhere for like wrestling revolver, but yeah, I want to have a want to have the one-on-one with, with Zicky. Nice. That's a nice list. I mean, that, yeah. It, it, yeah. Do you do you find yourself kind of making that list mentally and and going all right? I need to work towards this next. I need to work towards this next. Or is it just kind of a uh, whatever falls in your lap? You'll just you'll say yes, um, and I'm going with it. Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, I definitely, I'm one of those people who I'm not afraid to jump in a car and go to shows that I'm not booked on with nothing promised to me. Like, especially if it's somewhere that I really want to, you know, want, somewhere I want to be a part of. So, like, I know, like, this coming Sunday, Game Changer is going to be in Indianapolis. That's like an hour and a half from my house. So, I'm going to go. I'm going to set up, hang out. If he's got something for me, awesome. I'll gladly take that opportunity and make the absolute best out of it. But if he doesn't, hey, I showed up. I got my face seen, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, I – you know, I've, I've always been that person who I don't want anything handed to me. I want to earn my spots. I want to earn the stuff that I'm given. So I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, the whole COVID thing kind of put a little bit of a screeching halt on that for the time being, but it won't last forever. You know, there's mm-hmm. light at the end of the tunnel. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just got to keep that same motivation, keep that same drive. And then I feel like if once I earn my shots at places, then those those dream matches that I have will just start kind of falling into place, you know. So, speaking of the end of the tunnel, we are here. We're here. It's We've it's reached, what everybody it's what everybody listens to the podcast for right. when they shouldn't want to just listen to the last question on the damn podcast. However, right. I've been, we're here. All right. We're here. I feel I feel so good about this. This is the the best I've ever felt about the last mm. last question. I'm just gonna say it now. I I feel like you have some like inside information, Christopher, and I'm not sure why. But Oreo cookies, double stuff, or the classic 
single stuff. Okay, so there's only one correct answer to this question. That is and that's that's clearly the double stuffed. Because come back. I mean, so okay. Have you seen the mega stuffs? Yeah, that and I'm, it's too I'm much. a double stuff. It's too the mega much. stuff is too much. The mega stuff too much. The regulars, not enough. The double stuffs, just right. Right on exactly. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Love it. Love but yeah, it. there's there's only one one correct answer to that question. And if you have a different answer, then you're just not right. And that's fine. But you know, you're entitled to your own opinion. Yeah. Exactly. One hundred percent. I mean, verbatim words that have come directly out of my mouth. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I knew <laughs> I saw I saw the vision of how smart Lord Crew was. Uh, it was obvious that this was going to come to fruition and we were going to get to this point. And, and we're back, we're back on the double stuff road. We are. We had a little bit of a bump there for a second. Who was, who was part of the bump? Don't tell me Mercer. Don't tell me Mercer. Uh, no, I think Shane, Shane was a double stuff. I think. I, I I just don't want to get into it right now because honestly it hurts me. The people that go out there and talk about these single stuff Oreos, like they're something that's I don't even know why they, I don't know why they continue to produce them. Like they're useless. Like I don't know once, why they produce once the double stuff ones. became a thing. Once oh, that's just blasphemy. We're not even gonna. I don't even acknowledge those because they're just Agreed. that shit. Like, but so there was the originals, and that's fine. They're the originals. But when you, you start somewhere, but when you create some a superior product, the old becomes obsolete. So what's the? Why do people even still fool with the original yep. Oreos when yep. a superior product is available to them? That's yep. like using a fucking iPhone four. And when we you don't see it. The, no, you don't because they're shit. Yeah. You don't see a bunch of Ford Pintos driving around right no, now. No, absolutely no. not. No. no, they created the new machines. Move on, people. Right. It is cookie evolution. It is. Get on board. Get on board. Speaking of cookie evolution, as soon as we hang up this call, I'm going to demolish some double stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Perfect. I should have just brought them to the station, and I could just done it right now. Uh, you know, but right. yeah, it's, it's, you need to. No, no, you need. To I don't want to get. Crumb, I don't want to get crumbs <laughs> in my laptop. So focus on the cookie. So, Lord, we appreciate the time you gave us. Thank uh, you for coming thank on. You, thank you for knowing the right answer to the final yeah. answer, and thank you for sharing the stories with us. And this is the time yeah. that you have to share anything you would like with the rest of the audience. What's going on? Where can they find you? Promote yourself. Sure, man. Um, Instagram and Twitter, my two big ones. I am at Lord Crew Kills. Um, you can catch me on Pro Wrestling Tees at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Lord Crew. Just put, I just started that store like last month, so there's only one design up right now. That's but it's a nice shirt. That's a nice dope. shirt, yeah. It's pretty, pretty dope. dope. So um, it's Rat Fink inspired, so if you're familiar with what that is, um, go give that a look or a purchase if you're into it. And um, – yeah, just keep an eye on my social media for any uh, upcoming events that may present themselves. But for right now, you can catch me at Unsanctioned Pro in September. Sweet. Awesome. Yep, cool. Well, we look forward to seeing you in more rings out there. Uh, good luck to you wherever you're driving off to and try to get yep. on shows. We'll be rooting for you. We'll, we're going to watch every show just in case you might show up. <laughs> we know you're willing to drive there. Yeah, cool, dudes. Well, thank you so, so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate having you. 
Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. Go hit that subscribe button. Go hit that like button. Go check us out at WrestleJoy. Go check out all the different interviews we've had. And stay tuned. we got a lot more in the works. And go check out the Lord Crew. Go check them out. Go buy that t-shirt. I am going to go buy that t-shirt right now. I'm going to okay. go onto that website. I'm going to be checking my email. Uh, and he'll get the email. <laughs> he'll know it's coming. He'll know where it's going. So check us out. And we'll check you out next time. You can check out Lord Crew on Twitter and Instagram at Lord Crew Kills. And you can also get some of his merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Lord Crew. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Bald Monkeys. You can also check out our interviews on WrestleJoy.com. Make sure to subscribe on our YouTube page to watch our previous interviews or our roundtable discussions. Just search for The Bald Monkeys. Watch us live on our new Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash thebaldmonkeys. And finally, listen to The Bald Monkeys podcast on Apple iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.